So welcome to UJ Sports Live. My name is Rodney Nabolsi. I'm joined by Dane Young. Jim Donnan, the Georgia uh, head coach, former Georgia head coach, is off this week. We'll finally give him a break. He's If Dane's not here, I'm not here. Coach is always here. But, you know, occasionally he wants to take a vacation. And considering uh, he's a little bit older than us. and uh, When do I get one? He gets off. You've been off for what, you know, a month now, it feels like. Uh, <laughs> dude, you barely work as it is. I don't want to hear it. That's you know? true. At least with uh, this job, I have two other jobs. I do a little bit more effort true. at, but you know. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, I apologize for not being around the last two weeks, but I know that uh, Dane and Coach Don and held it down. I really don't add anything to the show, so uh, I don't think you folks missed anything. But I did have a great trip. I took my wife on a 30th wedding anniversary uh, vacation to Istanbul in Italy. Uh, she'd never been to Istanbul. I've only been once, and we neither one of us has been to Italy. It's something I've been saving for for many, many years because we didn't do anything for 25th. So for the 30th, we kind of blew it out and we had two weeks. And my staff did a fantastic job of keeping UGA Sports up and running. Two wits. Uh, let's see what happened while I was gone. The Jason Butt had a big story about something that went on with the AJC. And then they fired a guy. And then we had uh, Justin Williams committed, uh, Christopher Jones. Well, I was here for that one. Two commits while I was gone and one decommitment. So net plus one. Uh, another guy got a ticket. Um, There's a, a lot going on while I was gone those two weeks. Uh, media Days came out, and Kirby Smart came out uh, saying, look, we've been looking for teams to follow. They're following the All Blacks, you know, Better Never Rest. I think it's a good logo. So a lot of stuff going on, uh, kind of building up to this week. This week, Georgia starts fall camp. The players will return. Um, if they're not back already, they'll definitely be uh, checking in tomorrow. Kirby Smart meets with the press tomorrow uh, afternoon. Then on Thursday is the first day of fall camp. So it is here. The uh, We'll have a promotion running at UGA Sports. So if you're not a member and you're watching this and you want to get a good deal, we've got a deal coming up for uh, – you get an entire year for $33. Why? Why, Why not 100 like we normally charge? Well, because the Bulldogs are going for their third national title in a row. They've been uh, uh, I think like 580 days as national champions. They're going for their third title in a row. And so we decided, hey, $33. So it's a good deal for you. And if you're not a member, you can sign up. We'll launch that promotion tonight at midnight so that you will be able to get Kirby Smart's coverage, uh, press conference coverage, uh, all of our insights from the – hopefully we'll get to watch a little bit of practice on Thursday. And – the question that always comes up when we go to that first day of practice is who's the quarterback, which I don't think that's a real question. Do you, Dane? I'm not a, I should say the real question, but that's a real controversy right now. No, no, I, I think it's pretty evident who the starter is at the moment. I think that the information that has let, I mean, I wrote a column on this over the weekend for UGA sports, that the information that we've seen that gives the perception of what Carson Beck is, I find that to be insufficient and I want to see some gameplay before I, I'm a super big believer in what Georgia can do at quarterback this year, but we're going to learn a lot about that together. Uh, the interesting thing that I think people should know if you're not a member of UGASports.com is that there is not an outlet in the market that has had more eyes on these practice sessions and gets more information from them. So you have the insider notes from it. I think there was one practice last year. We had six people out there, maybe seven people um, with observations from practice. And what that allows you to do is we get to split up and go to all the different position groups. And we pretty much had eyes on everyone for the allotted time. So uh, in terms of maximizing what we get with coverage, I don't think there's anyone that does it better than us. It's a great deal uh, getting there for 33 bucks for a year. 
we are awesome. No, uh, seriously, the, the the other question pops up, you know, is like, uh, who's injured? And uh, I don't, day one, that's not something we have to worry about. Now, occasionally, uh, you go out there looking for somebody, you're like, hey, where's so-and-so? And you find out, oh, last week or two weeks ago, we had an issue. So, of course, we'll keep an eye out for that. But the number one question we get after a practice, the first, especially the first week, was how did the freshman look? You know, how did this guy look? How did that guy look? And I, uh, there's a free story on the front page of UGSports.com right now you can go check out. And it is five Georgia Bulldogs freshmen to watch. And basically, Anthony Dasher went through and started looking at it. And tomorrow morning, I will have a, I'll have some notes. I was in Italy, went to the Vatican, super secret place, only place that Kirby Smart would probably be comfortable sharing his Georgia Bulldog secrets. You know, went to one of the vaults there, found out some stuff about the team. I will share it tomorrow, and I'll have my list of guys to keep an eye on, guys who may have had a good. Um, uh, some spring, summer after uh, G Day, and so I'll have a list there and some stuff to talk about. But did you end up getting any uh, basketball intel with uh, Mike White being in Italy at the same I time? I did not. They so we were in uh, Rome and then we went to Florence, and then when we got to Florence, they got to Rome. When we left Florence to go to Turin, they got to Florence. It's like they were just a couple of days behind us. We, poor planning on um, Coach White's part. I just he, he really needs to coordinate with me if he wants to uh, have this work out. But if you, you can see on your screen there, we have five guys that Anthony Dasher said, hey, here's some guys to watch. You know, here's some guys who have a breakout. Because each year you have a crazy breakout player. Think of uh, in that Oregon game, Malachi Starks doing what he did. Uh, Michael Williams coming on and having the big year that he did as a true freshman. Uh, Brock Bowers two years ago. Okay, okay, so Brock, I mean, best tight end in the NFL. I mean, in the college football, who should have won the Mackey Award as a freshman. Leave it at that, best tight end oh, yeah, in the man. NFL. Yeah. I'm sorry? Best tight end in the NFL. Leave it at that. I think you got it right the first time. Well, I will say this. Uh, when I was sitting with a head coach in Indianapolis this past year, he didn't know anybody on the Georgia football team by name except uh, Brock Bowers because he checked to see if that kid was coming out. So I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, but uh, we've heard a lot about Janelle Aguero. Uh, go ahead and get your Aguero jerseys. I'm just telling you, folks, he is going to be a superstar. That's somebody everybody wants to talk about. Um, he could have that same kind of breakout that Malachi Starks did. Granted, he's, he's knocking on the door to start at starter. I don't know that he'll get there immediately, but yeah. Tyke Smith, that that seat, probably not going to be his all year long is all I'm going to say. Yeah. We hear that Aguero's just had a phenomenal year. There's a lot of buzz around that guy. Um, probably the only – person I heard with as much buzz coming out of uh, spring camp and kind of the summer was uh, Lawson Lucky. And I, I feel so vindicated for Lawson because there were so many people, and this wasn't among Georgia fans, but it's mainly among uh, other uh, fan bases who just thought that Georgia was taking Lawson because he was a legacy. And I remember Trent and uh, Blaine Gilmer and Jed May telling me, you know, they'd go see him and they're like, this kid's a baller. He's he's really good football player. He's you know he 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 can be called Joe Smith, and George will be going after him. The fact that he's you know Mike Lucky's son that that's just a bonus. That just means they got an inside track on recruiting him. But you know he could have a different name, and George will be going after him. And hey, I hear Pierce Sperling put on a, uh, some muscle. And Pierce doesn't look like he did when he arrived. So uh, we're talking about Brock Bowers. There's two more guys to keep an eye on. Uh, what have you heard about Raylan Wilson? Because I've heard a lot of good things about Raylan Wilson, the inside linebacker. 
Yeah, I mean, really, that whole crew of inside linebackers, I think, has adjusted to college pretty well, even if you I mean, Troy Bowles is far behind because he got here later. But um, it's just there's so much depth that inside linebacker that those are going to be the guys that have a chance to play on special teams somewhat immediately. I think it's going to take some jockeying, uh, maybe some injuries, something in front of them to get some real on playing time at inside linebacker. I've heard good things about Wilson. Uh, I've heard good things um, just about uh, it's a CJ Allen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've heard great things about him. So it, I, I'd, I'd see them as special teams contributors at first. Maybe if Munden's injury lasts longer than anticipated, um, maybe it, you get one of those guys in there, but Glenn Schumann, man, geez, what he's done year after year after year after year with that spot. It's pretty incredible. And he just got another uh, commitment from Christopher, Christopher Jones. So that happened on Sunday. Uh, Small Munden starting inside linebacker. He's going to miss a few games. We, we broke that news before SEC media days that uh, he and uh, Branson Robinson are likely, you know, I don't say definitely because that's uh, paint, that's painting with too broad a brush, but, I don't see Georgia playing either one of those guys in their first two games, at least. What you don't need them for, you know, UT Martin, Ball State. I just why take the chance? And we've seen when you have a starter, Georgia, who Georgia doesn't need. Go back to um, Jamari Sawyer. There are some games there that you could have played him, and they said, no, we're just going to leave Broderick uh, uh, Jones out there and let him work. And then when be sure that Jamari Sawyer is completely healthy, and then when we get to the playoffs or get to the title game. Let's drop him in there. He comes back completely healthy and is able to light some people up for you. So I don't see uh, a small Mondo playing right off the bat. Therefore, you can see Raylan Wilson get in there and do some stuff. In, of, in, in the micro, I don't see a lot there. But in the macro of what that position is at Georgia, when Georgia lost N'Kobe Dean and Quay Walker and Channing Pendle to the NFL draft, the immediate thought is, how in the world do you even recover from that? I don't care how much talent you have on your roster. You just can't lose all of that and be the same. And then Mundan and, and Pop go in there and play very well. I don't know that they lived up to what those three elite inside linebackers did, but the fact that they got in there and now you see a path after them because those are two guys that could be going to the pros after this season for, for Georgia. And so, yeah, in the macro of Raylan Wilson, you're like, cool. Have him ready to go next year and contribute this year. Yeah, that's funny. Dumas Johnson, I think he was like, he'd been named like player of the week or something like that. Then two weeks later, or the week later, he didn't have a great game and he was just beating himself up. I'm like, man, you know, just because he had, he is what Kirby Smart uh, thinks of when you say, got to play to a standard. And they're beating teams left and right in that 15 0 run. And uh, Dumas Johnson, pop as they call him, is unhappy with his play and you know, Kirby agreed with him. If any kids, if any player is going to criticize themselves, Kirby's going to agree with him because he knows it just motivates him to come out and fight a little bit harder. Uh, speaking of uh, small Monda being out for the first couple of games, we mentioned Branson Robinson, the running back as well. That's going to give room there for Roderick Robinson to maybe come in and play some. Uh, I thought there's, we have a question that'll pop up here later about what's the first play of scrimmage going to be. And it was like, you know, maybe a, a handoff to Kendall Milton, I'm like, yeah, Kendall Milton, it'd be great to see him out there healthy. He's had a couple setbacks, but he can be an absolute difference maker, a, a huge name on this offense. But don't forget about Dejan Edwards. Dejan's not the biggest guy, but he's incredibly productive. And then you start thinking, well, Branson Robinson, well, Branson's going to be out for a while, folks. Um, definitely in the first two games could be more than that. Uh, foot injury, he has a very bad foot injury that he had. It's going to take him a while to get – 
back, especially for a running back. That's, that's a lot that you have to put on it. So Roderick, excuse me, Roderick uh, Robinson, um, this kid, we saw him get a lot of work in the spring. He is going to be a, uh, he's a workhorse. He's big, he's strong, he's kind of like Branson is. And therefore we're going to see some, uh, uh, some very interesting uh, reps for him as well. Maybe, Hey, maybe your boy Cash gets some reps too. But uh, I think when Anthony Dasher put this list together, it was like, you know, yeah, you've got definite, uh, I mean, you're not, you can put Troy Bowles in there. There's a ton of names and some cornerbacks and, Georgia brought in a, a lot of top players, but where is the room for them to show up immediately? And that's why, like you said, with Jamie Laguaro, okay, maybe he can push Tyke Smith. There's some, there's a little bit of room there in the secondary. Raylan Wilson with Small Monda now, that works. Uh, Lawson Lucky, you lost um, uh, uh, Darnell Washington to the draft, so there's a spot on the field there. He and Oscar uh, Delp can maybe exchange some reps. The only guy on this list, though, Dane, that I have a uh, question about getting in and who if, if this guy gets on the field with four senior defensive linemen ahead of him this guy's going to be special and that's Jordan Hall but I think he can be because I've heard really since he's gotten here that this is just I mean it sounds like the Jordan Davis hype when he got to <laughs> um, I'm not going to go as far as like Jalen Carter because that was just a different degree of he just got here and no one can block him but <laughs> but this feels kind of like the next one in that lineage of Georgia defensive lineman of I don't care how old he is I really don't care how much he's played he's got to be out there because of what he can do in practice um, you know, he, he's young, so you have to figure it out. And there, like you said, Nazir Stackhouse, Zion Logue, there's a lot of experience, a lot of uh, SEC age in front of him. And I don't know that that's going to end up mattering, especially when you look at how much Georgia just rotates on defense anyway. I think there's enough snaps for all of those guys, and especially with the schedule. You know, there'll be a lot of second halves where some tired offensive linemen look over. Oh, man, there's Jordan Hall. Uh-oh. That's a good point. I, I didn't really think about that. I was thinking – Okay, Georgia lots of times plays three down linemen, right? They got the zero technique, the two four eye guys, and uh, so you got you can have seven eight defensive linemen, but you're only playing three three per down. And yes, they do rotate them a lot. But I'm like, man, a true freshman, there's some there's some guys ahead of him. But what we've heard about Jordan Hall is he's he's going to be special. So that's a uh, definite guy there to watch. I uh, we've talked a little bit about five guys that impress. We also at uh, UGA Sports the other day came out with her depth chart. Now, this is not the official depth chart. Kirby Smart, tomorrow when we get, uh, well, not tomorrow, but the day after, uh, we walk out to the field. And they won't give it to us ahead of time, but when we walk out to see practice, they'll hand us the roster. And they'll have the names of who all's on the team, um, their numbers, heights, weights, and stuff like that. Of course, the heights and weights are very seldom updated. They're probably the same heights and weights from spring. Yeah, it's going to be the same ones that had uh, Broderick Jones as undersized. Yeah, and, exactly. And he was bigger than he was. But the point is, they, they don't put out a depth chart. And the, here's the thing. Before each game, they're supposed to. So in the notes, they're supposed to be one. And Georgia does put out a depth chart, but it's always or. It'll be Kendall Milton or Dejan Edwards or Branson Robinson, who you know is not going to play, or Roderick Robinson. Or Cash Jones. <laughs> uh, and it just keeps going on and on and on. There's a lot of oars. But uh, uh, we came up with a depth chart at UJSports.com. And do you think kind of you have any concerns, any thoughts, any arguments about that? Because there's well, be some position battles coming up. 
Uh, let me just give a caveat to what this is. So Anthony Dasher projects the depth chart. He does this pretty much every year around this time. And he has, I mean, this is his, I believe he said 27th year covering Georgia. 27. Um, which just yeah, the amount of experience we have on our staff between you and him. Um, heck, I've been at it for over 10 years at this point. So um, it, it happens quick. But this is the, the projected depth chart based on um, information that Anthony Dasher is getting. And, and what I want to iterate to people is that we have a lot of voices around UGASports.com on our staff. And we all talk to different people. We all have different relationships and different connections. So I look at this depth chart, and as a whole, I would say I agree with most of it. But there's a few things in here I disagree with. I don't think it's going to go that way. And that's okay. Like We have different opinions on this. So this is what Anthony Dasher is projecting. Uh, and I there were two things off the bat, and we can get into this as we want to. Of I, I think it's going to end up playing out differently um, but I just want to iterate that like we all have different people that we talk to that give us information, um, relationships yeah, that we feel, and, and that informs what we all think about this team. Yeah, I'm right. You guys are wrong, but that's okay. Let's go. I mean, you write the paycheck for me, so if you want to say that, I'm fine. <laughs> You're always right, Roddy. Yes, sir. <laughs> You're, you know, that, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good work. Uh, Work environment, rule of oh. an iron fist. So, what are what are the areas you? Uh, oh, I'll, I'll start with. We were talking about Roger Robinson, and right now Dash has him at running back number three, and I think that's all based on Andrew Paul's recovery from his ACL. But from what I've been told, Andrew Paul's ready to go, and I think Andrew Paul's going to get a lot of playing time at Georgia, like in the mix with uh, Milton Edwards, and then Andrew Paul's right there behind them the calculus changes when Branson's back ready to go. I don't see Roger Robertson playing maybe until fourth quarters this season. I, I think he's more in the line of carries with Cash Jones at this stage. I just think Andrew Paul has a chance to be really, really good for Georgia this year and make a ton of plays. He, he may be the best receiving running back on the team. And you saw how fun that was with, with Kenny McIntosh. And I just don't think that's a skill that Kendall Milton or Dejan Edwards thrive at. They have the ability to do it. You just haven't seen it as much, which that's a lot of, I mean, my whole piece on the quarterback situation right now is that there's a lot of things that we think we know, but we really haven't seen a lot to justify a lot of opinions that we could have one way or the other. So there's a lot of wait and see on this. And I think with uh, Andrew Paul, I just, I have a lot of confidence from the people inside the program that have told me this guy is going to be a difference maker. A um, little breaking news here uh, from put out by the watch list news. Uh, Malachi Starks, Michael Williams, and Jamon Dumas Johnson have been named to the Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list. The trophy is presented annually to the top defensive player in college football. We've been on the show 20 minutes, and who are the three guys we mentioned specifically? <laughs> Malachi Starks, Michael Williams, and Pops. Uh, Johnson. So watch list season. Let's go. It's watch list season. Uh, all right, Abe, there's another one. We got the uh, uh, the Outland Trophy watch list is out, and this is presented to the nation's best interior lineman. How many interior linemen does Georgia have that are starters? Three. How many are on this list? Well, I should say it's three offensive uh, interior linemen. You know, they have three, two of them made it to the list. So Cedric Van Fran Granger, the center, and Tate Ratledge have both uh, made it to the list. And hell, 
You want to say Xavier Trust does it? Yeah. They did put Xavier Trust on the watch list, but that's the guy who could do it. So uh, two of those guys, two of those guys made it. And then of course, Nazir's Stackhouse from the defense also made it for the uh, uh, nation's best interior lineman. So that's a, that's pretty good. So I didn't mean to cut you off there, but yeah, stuff you're good. I, I'll give you my other bone to pick on the depth chart after we talk about some lovely pizza from your pie and the peach and prosciutto. I had it last Sunday as good as ever. I mean, it's a, it's a staple every year. Yeah, it, it's phenomenal. Um, I was in Italy and this is where, and I'm getting first time in Italy forever. And I was like, you got to try the pizza. You got to try this. And we went to some really nice restaurants, um, but I wanted to try the Ishka. I want to try some of the ones that the, uh, uh, the margaritas, stuff like that, that when uh, Drew French and Natalie French were on their honeymoon in Italy, when the idea was sparked for the Europai restaurant, which became the Europai franchise, uh, it was based in, you know, it was based on them having gelato. It was based on the, the, the excuse me, the gelato they tried while they were there, the pizzas they tried there, the, the, the customization of it, and the way it is prepared. And so I was very curious. I'm like, okay, I'm here in the heart of Italy. I'm going to the best, uh, some of the best restaurants. Let me try one of your pizzas. Let me see how this compares. Dead on, dead on. The techniques, the the crust, the sauces, the freshness. It was, and I'm like, okay, now let me try your gelato. Same damn thing. I'm just telling you that when they came up with this concept, they basically just imported Italy to the American shores and just started knocking out pizzas and gelato the exact way I've had it in four different cities in Italy. So uh, it's a great concept. If you want to be a member of it, uh, I want you should definitely try it. Double points Tuesday is where we're at. But if you want to open your own franchise, make a lot of money, reach out to them and they will take care of you. I uh, also want to mention our friends over at uh, Athens Ford. I was, they got 470 vehicles. When we came back from Italy, uh, I came back to, and we knew this would happen. Our house at our uh, young lady who's in a, uh, a high school, she watched her animals. Uh, we got sent photos of a huge branch from the storms on the 20th that had fallen off one of the pine trees out here and crushed my wife's car. So we just dropped it off the other day to get it looked at. The car is going to be totaled. Yay. So I'm in the, move, in the market for a new car. Where am I going to go? Athens Ford. I go out there and look at some of the new vehicles they have. I'll look at some of the pre-owned vehicles they have. And my wife, who has to drive down to West Point a lot to teach at Point University, I will know that she's in a good car because it'll have a lifetime powertrain warranty on it because we will have bought it from Athens Ford. So uh, if you were in the market for a new vehicle because uh, they said like six other vehicles had been uh, totaled from the storms that came through Athens uh, on the 20th, if you need a new vehicle, this one guy had an oak tree fall on his F-150, poor bastard. Mm -hmm. uh, go out to Athens Ford. They will take care of you. They have 470 cars on the lot. That's a lot. Okay, that's that's an insane amount. And they're going to come with a lifetime powertrain warranty, all the new ones and pre-owned ones under 80,000 miles. So check them out. The other piece of the depth chart, and there may be some minor uh, quarrels I have, but uh, Anthony Dasher is projecting Ra-Ra Thomas to be a starting wide receiver at X. And I just think Marcus Roseme Jack Saint is pretty darn special with what he does, especially in the blocking portion of the screens and the run game. I, I think it's going to be very hard to supplant him. I, I, th I think Marcus Roseme Jack Saint, Lad McConkey. I think that's where your bread's buttered for a lot of this offense and things on the edge. I think Ra Ra plays, but 
I'm just not quite as high on him. I know you've had people tell you that he's been great at Georgia. He um, has been. He's going to be a monster. I, but I, there's a piece of me that I just say he he was fine in a Mississippi State offense that targets receivers much more than Georgia's offense does. So he needs to be ready to do that brunt work, that grunt work that you don't do at Mississippi Very State. Very and until I, again, until I see that, I, and I've seen it from Rosemary Jack Saint for two years. That's why I'm just leaning in that direction uh, because being receiver at George is not always glamorous. No, it's not. You, uh, one of the things that I think allowed, I don't say allowed, but changed the mind of a lot of pundits, a lot of analysts, a lot of people who just started paying attention to Georgia in the playoffs because they were watching their team that they cover. And then all of a sudden you got to watch Georgia for, you know, face Ohio State, and then you get to watch Georgia demolish TCU, was if, if you were a national pundit and you haven't watched all of Georgia's games, because remember, there was only – there was pretty much, what, the Tennessee game that everybody focused in on last year before they got to the playoffs? It was not a monster sketch. Well, the Oregon game, but Georgia, that was not yeah, a Oregon there was a lot of other games going on. Georgia-Florida always gets some headlines just because, you know, it's the game of the week. But Florida's, I mean, right now, NFL yeah. scouts aren't looking at a game other than Anthony Richardson to see how he did against the defense. Right. So it wasn't uh, – Georgia didn't have as many huge games as they had the year before, opening with Clemson and then uh, Arkansas coming to town undefeated and all the, the hype trains of, you know, what, what, like college game day twice in the same year in Athens the year before. So uh, all of a sudden these pundits see – Lad McConkey play for the first time. They're like, that little kid with the giant size helmet, you know, they saw him play hurt against Ohio State, and they saw him get very physical, making those big blocks downfield, just throwing his body willy-nilly into it. And they saw it from Marcus Rosby Jack Saint. So, so to your point, when we we see some guys transfer away who don't want to that not only the physicalness of the games, but the physicalness of the practices. Because they're like, man, this is just too hard. This is just, I can go play somewhere else and I have to do all this. I, it is very fair for you to say, let me, rah, rah, we know you're good. We know you had a good spring, you know, good summer. Show me what you can do with pads on when you actually have just, you know, the ball's not coming your way, but can you throw yourself into the fire like Lad McConkey does, like Marcus Roseby Jack Saint does, like Dylan Bell. Dylan Bell will clean your clock. <laughs> He's got no compunction about lighting you up. And uh, uh, Jackson Meeks. Jackson Jackson's a really good football player. He's not the biggest guy. No. <laughs> he will tag your ass. So, uh, th and that's the guys that make the field for uh, Georgia. You are 100% right. But what I've heard about Ra Ra, he will probably be on my list tomorrow as a guy that's had a good summer. So we'll put him on there. Yeah. I mean, overall, though, uh, I think there's some interesting things on things like punt returner. Like Lad McConkey is the projected starter there for Anthony Dastra. I think that's one that Dominic Lovett is probably going to end up with that spot. Uh, if for nothing else, McConkey took some some bumps and bruises last year that he had to really fight through. And I don't know that special teams was the greatest thing for him. So if you can take him off of that, preserve his body and then give Lovett the ball in his hands more because there's just so many so many hands that that can get the football on offense. I, I wonder how many touches he'll have. And so I think on special teams is an area he can make a difference. Yeah. Uh, I missed a question early on uh, from Carson because we were talking about uh, uh, Lawson Lucky. He said there seems to be a lot of buzz about Lawson Lucky. How does he fit in? Um, and why did Deuce go to USC? <laughs> Deuce wanted to go to USC. That's George tried. But uh, how does he fit in? Uh, 
I think the battle between him and Oscar Delt is going to be great when Georgia runs that 12 personnel. I think trade him back and forth. Um, he's going to be pretty good. But the, the reason I brought up Carson is I missed his question. This question, though, is applicable to what you were saying. This is from Del Monaco. He says, will we ever have a real return threat, a guy who can score like Isaiah McKenzie did? And you were uh, get feeling bad that uh, uh, the guy from Peach County that was a returner. Harris Jackson. Harris Jackson had big returns, but he just quite couldn't get in the end zone on a couple of them. There's always just one step, one trip away. Uh, will Georgia ever have that real return? Not ever. ever. You know it's going to come eventually, but is there one right now that you're like, man, uh, you have to – be prepared for this guy getting the ball. You have to kick away from this guy. And I don't know that Georgia has that right now. I, I think Lovett's the best chance at it just because okay. I've seen how dynamic he is in the open field. McConkie can do it too. I think McConkie is a bit of a safer option. Uh, I think he's more explosive than Kiaris Jackson was. But the thing you have to say about Kiaris is he didn't muff punts. He caught no. them. And for a long time at Georgia, that was an issue of giving a short field off of not being able to catch the ball cleanly. And Kiaris Jackson would make the smart decision. I think McConkie has made the smart decision. Don't know that either are uh, going to be the explosive flip the field kind of players. I think Lovett may have a bit more of that. He's pretty shifty. Yeah, and I do want to say that lots of times you, you don't have a return on. You know, your your punt side. You're just let them punt it. You know, catch it, down it. We're confident in our offense, especially against their defense. Uh, you've got so many weapons. Uh, just march down the field, put it in the end zone. Uh, now, now you you score. You're up two scores. They're gonna. They're more likely to throw. Hey, you hold them. You punt again. Score again. Now you're up uh, 17 points. You're up three scores, or maybe 21. You never have to throw, which makes it uh, makes them one dimensional, and the route is on. So. Uh, lots of times you're not really setting up uh, hard for the return. You're putting all your guys up there to block, and you're just confident that uh, this guy, he's a 42-yard punter, 44-yard punter. Uh, where we're going to get the ball is fine. We don't need to go for it. But I, I do like the question, Del Monaco. You, it's just so exciting to see a guy take it at a dead run and just <laughs> – it's exciting, but this is why sitting next to Coach Donnan has taught me a lot just about the macro of coaching and what that looks like. Because if Georgia has a lead on the scoreboard, you have an offensive line that can lean against the other team and wear them down, it makes more sense to have the conservative play. Don't run into the kicker trying to block it. Don't fumble something uh, trying to, to move. You know, Don't have any of the dumb penalties, the things that you couldn't control necessarily and do the thing that you can control and take the ball on the 20 yard line, 25 yard. Like that's, that's a very favorable situation for Georgia based on its talent. Now, maybe in previous years, not quite as much. Maybe if it's a ferocious defensive front and Georgia's offensive line, wasn't that good. Maybe not as much, but this season. Yeah. I think Georgia will be fine. And, and it's a takeoff because, or a trade-off if uh, it's, you know, fourth and four, a five yard penalty gives them a first down. Yeah. You, know, you don't need a roughing the kicker. You can have something stupid. So don't jump off sides. Don't uh, uh, don't get an inadvertent, you know, hands, anything that could give him the five yards. But, of course, if it's fourth and 12, and now he's a little bit deeper punting, you know, so you're going to move up. But also sitting next to Coach Johnny taught us this. Uh, if you catch the ball on a punt return and you advance it 12 yards, that's a first down, you know, yeah. you advance at 20 yards. That's two first down. That's two series taken off the board that you, you know, uh, are not two series of plays that you've completed. So 
I do like that. That's a good question, and I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought there, but when someone sends us some good questions, I like to throw them in there, and we appreciate it, Delmonica. I wanted to ask you about the second cornerback position. I think we all agree Kamari Lasseter is Georgia's top corner. He'll be on the best receiver most times. That second spot seems pretty wide open and could be as much as uh, three guys for that. Dalen Everett, Nylon Green. I know he's from your neck of the woods. Um, so, so what are you seeing at Georgia's second cornerback spot? Because I think that's a spot to watch here in the fall. I am biased. I'm very biased because I've, I've been saying for – it feels like two years now, maybe just the one year, but I thought that when Georgia got Dalen Everett uh, away from Clemson right at the end of signing day that that was the guy. So I'm just convinced it's going to be Dalen Everett. I mean, it's not – that's not the good. I've heard great stuff about uh, Julian Humphreys. He is so fast. Remember, that's a five-star guy that you had come in. Uh, Nyland Green, we know that was a huge recruiting win as well. Uh, Great things about AJ Harris, but Julian Humphrey. Um, they brought what is the two five star kind of uh, bookmark cornerbacks came in, then one transferred uh, out. I think he went to Miami. Uh, but Julian Humphrey should be uh, in the mix. But I don't know. There's just something about Dalen Everett that every time I watch him, I'm like, this guy is an absolute monster at cornerback. And so that, and we got him p- penciled in right now as the starter at corner. But I think that uh, is. I think that is a bigger battle than even left tackle. Now, I know a lot of people are like, hey, Austin Blasky and uh, uh, Ernest Green. I think Ernest Green has a strong, not should say, but a leg up there. I think that's a little bit more settled than the right, the right cornerback starting battle. And it's not a shot against Blasky because he can play all five positions, but I think the coach is like, well, Ernest Green can't play all five. So we can start him there and we can put Blasky here, 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 or here. So uh, we'll let them go back. And again, after a couple uh, uh, drives, I could see them putting Blasky in there. Same with the cornerback spots. Like, okay, Dylan, you have the first three drives. You know, uh, Nyland, you're in there for the next two after that. Uh, Humphrey, you get one after that, you know, and after opening with Clemson two years ago, after opening with Oregon, I can definitely see Georgia going, you know, hey, we got two gimme games, got two cupcakes. Not by um, – that's not how they wanted it to work out. They wanted to have a, a huge kickoff game to start the season, but uh, – at least in the first two games. But you play this schedule that you're, that you're dealt. So I think – I don't want to say these are tryouts because Georgia doesn't want to be in that boat, but – we're going to be able to see a lot of rotations at some of those spots. Uh, hell, you know, after when you're up three, four scores on Ball State, do you think Kamari Lasser is still going to be in the game? I don't Probably know. not. So the the tackle rotation wouldn't be new for Georgia. If you remember when Warren McClendon was kind of breaking into it, there was every what three or four series you would yeah. have uh, one of the tackle. I mean, it could be switching. Right. Oh, side? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then maybe your trust move in and out. Yeah. Yep. Jamari Sawyer move back inside some. So this is something George has done for a while. And typically they're trying to find the best five constantly. And I think with Ernest Green being so new and he missed so much time last year, I think it'd probably be fitting that he, if he starts, that maybe he rotates out some and then Blasky gets in just because if, man, if you have one person go down and you know, you're playing against South Carolina second quarter, you don't need to have someone that hasn't played yet this season. And that's the luxury of having the schedule that Georgia does. I think at offensive line, you're probably looking at seven guys that will rotate pretty early. And then 
as, as games get out of hand, it's, it's going to be a lot of guys in there. This is a freakish offensive line. And then they got uh, uh, five offensive line commits. They're all over six, six, 310 pounds. Just it's, it's going to be impressive, but I, I'm looking at uh, Tate Rattledge at right starter and Cedric Van Prant. I mean, at uh, right guard and Amarius Mims. Amarius Mims is prototype uh, right tackle, but um, it's not going to be pretty. And the dog is going to go 12 and 0. The only fear I'm worried about for, or the only fear Georgia fans should have is how have how many times have we seen them get a little overconfident and then somebody comes in who's not a pushover and uh, they struggle a little bit, you know, like they almost lost to Ohio State. So Missouri last year. Missouri, yeah. So. And I'm not, do I, if you told me to put money on it. Well, that was also say, some really good coaching too. I do think Georgia will go 12 and 0. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be blowouts every week. Yeah. And the primary reason for that, regardless of who it ends up being, I don't think Georgia has as good of quarterback play this year as it had last year. And I think that makes an incredible difference. Stetson Bennett was really, 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 really good. He was a Heisman finalist for a reason. I think Georgia's quarterback can be a Heisman finalist this year if all things go right. I don't expect that Georgia's quarterback will be a Heisman finalist this year. But they don't need it. And uh, <laughs> it'll be, you'll have a really good guy, Carson Beck, throwing uh, incredible touch passes, strong arm, and he'll be called a game manager because he turns around and hands the ball off to uh, uh, Lad McConkey on a jet sweep or it's a little tunnel screen or a, a pitch to. Uh, Milton, who takes it to the house, you know, and that or that offensive line just leans on people, and here comes Dejon Edwards. Oh, if if Georgia has a game manager that uh, they still score a ton of points and don't turn the ball over, I think that's an incredibly successful uh, quarterback. Oh, yeah. No matter what what he's capable of, because the ball spread around and they're not throwing it 750 times to Rara Thomas or Dominic Lovett, they're actually using their tight ends, they're using their uh, stacked running back room. It'd be like, oh, you're a really well balanced offense, so therefore your quarterback must be a game manager instead of a pocket passer who can light you up. That's just because journalists and uh, analysts are stupid. So now, if you want to be smart, I want you to um, check out our friends at uh, Academia Brewing Company. Okay, they have the Blood Orange Hopperdesiac is back on tap. Now I'm telling you, the Hopperdesiac is one of the best beers in the world. I've got no complaints about it. If you like some of the very hoppy beers, you know, and you're like uh, some of the, uh, there's some very famous uh, beers in the Athens area that are very high in hops. Check out Hopperdesiac. It's as good as anybody out there. And now they have the blood orange version of it. You need to check that out. Uh, a big uh, month out there at Academia Brewing Company. Today's August 1st. Uh, this Thursday, they'll of course have their bike night. Check out bike night. Uh, Tons of folks ride their motorcycles up there, hang out. Uh, they'll be throwing axes. There'll be a delicious uh, smoke uh, special going on. You start at 6 o'clock. You want to add that to your schedule. And then uh, they'll have their monthly car show coming this Sunday with the um, uh, Street Masters Car Club. So on Sunday, you want to go out there, you can have their beer and biscuit brunch. Try that out at uh, Academia Brewing Company. So uh, bike night, trivia Tuesdays, uh, car shows, new beers. Oh, they got a couple of new sandwiches you need to check out as well for their um, uh, lunch menu. 
they've got a fried chicken sandwich and a cheesesteak sandwich. So uh, try those when you get a chance at Academia Brewing Company. I tend to go with their flatbreads. I think that they're the best flatbreads in town. They really are. Those are good. Also, uh, the season's about to start. we got practice in uh, 48 hours. You need your new lucky socks. I'm just saying that Georgia had not won a title for 41 years. Then all of a sudden, Dead Socks came along and became the new uh, sponsor of UGA Sports. And all of a sudden, we started winning championships and covering championships. I said they were lucky socks the first day we mentioned them, and I've been proven prophetic. Uh, I like these kind of Herschel-esque socks here, the 8-bit Herschel socks. You can try those out. Uh, They always have deals going on. But if you don't see a promotion, when you log into deadsoxy.com, always remember you can use promo code UGA Sports and you get 20% off your order. So check out our friends at Dead Soxy. They're the most comfortable socks you'll ever wear in your life. Um, it's going to get cold. The ones that come up high are great, but if it's hot like it was yesterday on my walk, it's 95 degrees, you can get their no-shows, wear those in your shoes, and you will be cool, and you'll be very comfortable in your Dead Soxy socks. Question from our YouTube chat. Thomas asks, is Georgia's run defense going to be good this season? Yes. Yep. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be better at the edge. Interior, I could see suffering a bit only because there was not someone the talent of Jalen Carter, at least at first. Uh, but I think the edge with Michael, I think Marvin Jones Jr. takes a big leap this year um, at, at edge rusher. And I think that helps a lot to contain the run. My only fear is, um, not fear, but concern is taking Javon Bullard and moving him back to uh, safety. You're moving him a little bit further away from the ball. When he's up there playing that star position and he's in run support, well, he, he knows how hard he hits. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I think that's why – I think that's why Aguero gets that spot eventually. That name? Very, very possible there. Because you've right. seen that dude. I mean, off the bus, you're like – he, he, is, he is no joke. And, folks, uh, we appreciate when you want to throw in your questions into the comment section there. We like to put those on screen. But we also have some from – our readers at UGASports.com. So let's get into some of those. NBA Timberdog asks, what are your thoughts on edge outside linebacker rotation between all the young guys and Chaz Chambliss, which uh, goes into right what I was saying. I, I do think that Marvin Jones takes the spot that Chaz Chambliss was in last year after Nolan Smith got hurt. Um, I just think he's, he's a pretty special athlete. Although Chaz is going to play. He's a good player. And he's a player that I, everyone on the team respects. I mean, we say this every week. That he, he's the weight room warrior on this team. And so he'll play, and I think he's good. I think uh, if you need to get your best 11 on the field, it's probably not Chaz out there. Yeah, Marzo Jr., that's a guy who's uh, came in as a five-star as well, expecting to blow up. I like Jalen Walker out there. I know yeah. he's played inside, he's played outside. Uh, and, you know, Maybe if you have two positions, you don't have one. That's not the case. He's a badass. He has two positions because he can play two positions. So uh, it would not shock me to see Jalen Walker out there. And um, uh, I think Chaz Chambliss is – he came on really strong at the end of last season because he had to, you know, filling in for uh, Nolan Smith. Uh, but Jalen Walker is – that's the guy we've been waiting on to kind of blow up. And with, you know, uh, Marvin Jones as well. Um, Darius Smith could pop in there and be the guy. Uh, I know that you've been high on him for a long time because Don has been high on him. Uh, Dare Smith Sr. is usually watching the show. We don't we don't say that because his dad's watching. We say that because 
Uh, he's just the best. I say that because I saw him run with Brock Bowers in the spring game. I'm like, well, <laughs> if he can run with him, he can run with anybody. Exactly. So, uh, but I'm keeping my eye on Jalen Walker out there. I just I think he's going to be something special. I agree with you. Jalen Walker is going to be a superstar on this team. Uh, putting us on the spot here, Big Fatty 94, call your shot on the final four teams in the playoff this year. Last year, the four-team playoff, so a lot of pressure to get this right. All right. Um, I expect Georgia to make it. I expect Alabama to make it. And the reasoning there is I expect Georgia to go 12-0. Even if they lose the SEC title game, you can still be, they'll probably be ranked number one the entire season. Uh, they get into it with only one loss. Um, Alabama, probably the same. So I can see both them in there. Could you have uh, Ohio State and Michigan both get in? I still think that the Ohio State-Michigan game at the end of the season is a almost a disqualifier for whoever loses. You That's know? almost a play-in game. Yeah, it, it literally is. Um, I tend to think Ohio State takes that this season, and Michigan's left out. Yeah, so Ohio State – and even the, the committee will hate putting two – the committee would hate to put in two SEC teams. I cannot see them putting in – Ohio State and Michigan as well, so that you only have two conferences represented in the last year of the playoffs. You know, of course, it would be it would prove them a lot of people right for saying this is why we need to expand the playoffs. You know, it's not fair. It's a lot of yada yada yada, but I just don't see them doing that. So you got to come up with one team outside of that group. And who's I, I have one I feel pretty strong about, uh, and, and it has Georgia tie. I think Oregon is right in the mix. And maybe you say it's Oregon USC, the winner of, of that. I was going to say USC, just because they'll get through that. You got a strong quarterback, uh, strong coach. I could, I could definitely see them tearing through the uh, back twelve and being right there. So maybe we, like we sound like we're on the same page. Georgia, Bama, winner of Michigan and Ohio State, winner of Oregon USC, something like that. That's, on August first, yes, and I'll stick with that. Maybe a winner of Clemson FSU if that. I, I'm not as high on FSU as a lot of people are. Uh, I know Ben Joppy Bachman on our staff is high on Penn State. I don't. I don't see it for Penn State. I've seen a lot of people high on Texas, and whew, that I like Quinn Ewers a lot. And then Quinn Ewers is a great, great quarterback. And I don't think Arch Manning is going to play a lot this year because Quinn Ewers is there. I just I, again with Texas, they almost beat Alabama last year. They should have beaten Alabama last year. They get another shot at them this year. Just don't quite see it yet for Texas. Gotcha. Next question from UGASports.com. Uh, Roddy, it sounds like you flip-flopped a little bit on Bolden. Uh, was it a different story from the same source, conflicting stories from different sources? How does that work? And then uh, this is from Lump Dog. Is it a different question as well? Yeah. Uh, Lump Dog, long-time uh, supporter of our site. And a uh, shout-out to Mrs. Lump Dog as well. Uh, why did I flip flop? I, when I came back from Italy, I wasn't uh, five minutes outside the airport when I got a call that uh, Georgia looked to be on the outside looking in when it came to KJ Bolden, the uh, number nine player in the country, the number one safety in the nation. Uh, he's at Buford High School right down the road. He's teammates with Dylan Rayola uh, because Dylan has transferred to Buford. Uh, there's the, all the, the, there's the ideas that Buford kids don't come to Georgia. And well, there's the reality. A lot of Buford kids don't come to Georgia because Buford is such a highly recruited school by everybody. No, but Georgia kids go to Buford apparently. Yeah. <laughs> we get to yeah. flip it. Um, uh, so I was told that it was Ohio state and a lot of that came down to, um, 
I think KJ, it's, he's been recruited personally by Kirby Smart for a long time. Kirby wants this kid. He wants him badly. He's made sure that every time that uh, KJ Bold has visited, that he has spent time with him. So you're getting uh, stuff from the head coach. Will Muschamp, great safeties coach, has been right there in it. Um, so they've done everything they can to recruit him. Uh, some of it comes down to NIL. Georgia is, I've said it numerous times on the show, is a little bit behind on NIL, part by donations and partly by design. Georgia does not come out with crazy deals like we saw, you know, what was rumored from Texas A&M when they signed a alleged $30 million signing class. Texas A&M says it wasn't anything like that, but uh, it, it was a lot. And the problem is when you have a kid come in and he's he has a deal with uh, Kia and he's going to get like $400,000. And then you have a starting right tackle, you know, Amarius Mims, who has a nice deal, but, you know, he's been here two, three years and NIL wasn't a thing when he was being recruited. His deal is like 80000 So you got a 400000 versus an $80,000 deal. And Classic City Collective is like, okay, you know, we set this up, but Kirby's like, look, don't, let's not try to set things up too crazy. Let's try to keep, you know, when you're slotting guys with NIL deals, let's try to keep it even. And that some other schools aren't doing that. And it's not to say Ohio State was, but what I understood was that Ohio State had a, a much bigger deal, higher than Georgia would get. Georgia likes to save some of that money for a guy like Cedric Van Pan. Hey, are, are you thinking about going pro? Uh, if you come back, we can slot some of these deals with you. Again, this is through the Classic City Collective. This isn't the University of Georgia. They're not allowed to do that, but the Classic City Collective can talk to the University of Georgia and the coaches and say, hey, what are your preferences? But you just they can't be involved. They can't use it as an inducement. But when you have guys who have proven themselves, try it. And, of course, also, if you're doing an NIL deal, who do you want to represent your business? A freshman who's never played or a starter that everybody knows. A lot of people are wearing a jersey. So what I was told was that, some schools, maybe FSU, Auburn, Ohio State, were willing to go much higher in, through their collectives than Georgia was in theirs. Now I've heard that maybe Georgia is willing to kind of get up there with this kind of one kid. Or, and there, there are a few exceptions. If it's just a, I don't say generational talent, but if there's somebody who's uh, special or in an area of dire need, and Georgia will need a safety. So that's why I said, and from what I've heard, Georgia's sitting in the catbird seat right now. I know a lot of people think he's going to Auburn or going to Florida State or going to Ohio State. And I came out and told people, hey, uh, as of last Thursday when I got back to town, it was Ohio State. Now I think it's Georgia. The funny visual in my head when you're saying all of this is when – do you remember when Amarius Mims did his visit? He was on Georgia's roster, but he went and visited Florida State as a potential transfer. And the video came out of Mike Norvell just, like, clapping furiously, like, so pumped that Amarius Mims was, was there. They're playing Florida State. Did he show up in some kind of crazy car? Yeah, like, it was some, like – wild you know elaborate car and then a week later Amorius is back in Athens yeah <laughs> with a uh, I think he was in a rooming with uh, Darnell Washington <laughs> and they but they both uh, again they weren't making huge no huge NIL deals good ones but nothing big now here's the thing as Georgia's NIL funds grow and grow you'll have enough money to take care of your starters take care of the guys who are thinking about going pro but decide to come back Take care of your incoming freshman. You can have parity. But what is Kirby Smart always talked about was the hunger in that room to prove themselves. And George has been selling the idea of you can make 
some big money now as a um, you know college freshman or sophomore, or you can make real money in the NFL. Come be a part of this grind, and we will develop you into making those deals. Uh, you see that Kenny McIntosh went late in the NFL draft. What are we hearing out of camp? Kenny McIntosh is killing it. Uh, we get a walk-on quarterback, uh, Stetson Bennett, who looks very good for the Rams right now. I just tweeted out a video of him uh, throwing a uh, touchdown pass in scrimmage. Uh, these guys are going to make a lot of rush. I think there are 59 Georgia players who are on rosters right now. Now, they all won't make the cut, but that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Definitely is. Uh, the second part of Lump Dog, he's just joking, has Classic City Collective ever approached you, Roddy, about going on vacation to help with recruiting? They have not, but I'm open to that conversation. <laughs> if they find it, correct? If they find it, yeah. <laughs> Pierce Outlaw says, with the advent of NIL, are deals being done so early so that the odds of flipping uh, premium players late in the process is less likely? No. Uh, because, again, that's through that's not through the school, so Kirby's going to keep recruiting no matter what. If kid says, yeah, well, I, you know, I've got this NIL deal set up through uh, Clemson's uh, uh, collective. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I've closed it out. Kirby's still going to keep reaching out for him and his staff will too. And even if it's, you know, you're only offering half of what that one is, he's like, look, you know, we're, we're trying to sell NFL money, not collective money or NIL deals. So that, that and plus it's kind of like eBay. You know, if you have a kid and that's the only thing he's concerned about, he's not concerned about development. He's not concerned about culture. He's just, I don't want to say he, but someone in his family, you know, they're like, hey, we don't know what the future is going to bring. So let's maximize what we can in college, which is fair. Guys get injured. Guys don't pan out. Uh, you can come in just like eBay at the last second. Go, you know, we still need a five-star wide receiver. Go all in on this kid. He may have a $100,000 deal, but if you ever did that thing on eBay where you waited at the very last second, threw your bid in and all the bids took off. That's why you see a lot of drama right around that last couple of days of uh, the uh, uh, recruiting period, right before signing day. Cause somebody else come in, Hey, I know you got a good deal, but we can make you a better one. So. From Pappy dog two seven, two seven. Why don't y'all like each other? Is it because of all the off time that Roddy gets, <laughs> which is look, we tease each other, but it, I, man, I love Roddy. This is, we don't, you don't do a show with someone you don't like for that long. Um, so I know the questions in jest, but um, I, I joke with my wife that Roddy's my mistress that uh, when Roddy calls, I answer for sure. Uh, Damn but yeah, I mean, you can answer this if you want to, but I, I can transition this that if I didn't like you, then I'd go to my perfect franchise. <laughs> Very well done. Uh, yes, folks, if you are, if you don't like your job, your coworkers are jerks. You know, you have a boss who's just a complete and utter, uh, let's not say that bad word, uh, bad person. Uh, get out of the rat race. Reach out to Andy Ludecki at myperfectfranchise.net. Say, look, man, uh, what do you got out? Here's what I want to do. Here's how I want to change my life. I want, I want more time off. I want uh, more uh, a different revenue stream. I want to be the boss. I, I want something to last. I mean, if you come out and uh, you get fired, what, what, what do you have? I mean, some places just let you go. And there's if there is a severance, it's not great. Sometimes they don't have to give you one. So why not be in control of your destiny? Why not put all your work? that you do for someone else into a business that you own. Now, how do you get there? I mean, it sounds great, but it's intimidating as hell. Um, I worked for a lot of people before I was working for myself here. 
And yeah, being your own boss is hard. I mean, I was in Italy and I was on the phone. I was six hours ahead and I'm texting with my guys and I'm walking through and I'm editing stories. I mean, that's uh, not the whole time, but definitely for a while there. I mean, if, if you are the boss, you're never away. But you're signing the front of checks and you're paying other people. And the happiness you get from that is unmeasurable. So reach out to Andy Ledecky at myperfectfranchise.net. Let him walk you through it. It doesn't cost you a dime. He'll, if you sign up for a franchise, the franchise company will pay him. You don't ever have to pay him. And he's done it a ton. He's helped a ton of folks at UGA Sports get new careers. Let's fit in three more questions before we get out of here. B Butcher 19, outside of Coach Schumann, the co-defensive coordinator, which defensive position coach is most likely to be a defensive coordinator in the future? I'll also exclude Will Muschamp because he's in the co-DC. So uh, among the other three assistant coaches on defense, who's the next future DC somewhere? Chadira Uzodribe. Now, let's not say Trey Scott shouldn't do it or Fran Brown shouldn't do it, but uh, I'm just thinking from a pure uh, – uh, I don't say, not even energy, but just from that it factor, that kind of uh, the guy that you expect to have it, uh, Glenn Shute, the, the one that, you know, you saw it in Mel Tucker. He definitely had it. Dan Lanning had it. Uh, Glenn Schumann has it. That's why he had, you know, Kirby Smart had to uh, fight off some other schools or other programs that wanted him as a head coach. Chadira Uzadaribe is going to be a superstar in this industry. I agree with you. Um, I will also just note that I was told that Trey Scott has already turned down some defensive coordinator positions. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. So, but I'm just, that's the guy who um, he's going to cost somebody a lot of money. <laughs> he's going to make a lot. Yeah. I mean, and there are, lot. there are guys that you end up paying to keep them around. Del McGee is one of those guys like yeah. keep giving them pay raises because it's just worth it to do it. And eventually you're not going to be able to, because, you know, you can't pay your offensive coordinator, you know, three and a half million dollars or $6 million. Yeah, you know, or your running backs coach or your running game coordinator when another team is willing to pay that to him as a head coach. So. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's Oregon that's calling for your coordinator, then yeah. bye-bye. What, what are you going to do there? Uh, Biscuit Salad, I have a question on silent Greatest commitments. All time. Why do recruits do silent commitments? Is it for the benefit of the recruit? Are there times that uh, recruits uh, remain silent to the announcement uh, for the commitment? Is that for the benefit of the school? Roddy, why are there silent commitments? Uh, lots of times it is to save your spot or you're just not ready to announce, you know, you're like, uh, I, I like what you, uh, coach, I want to come here. I'm, I'm committing. Uh, this is where I want to be. But if I go public, then everyone else will drop me or not. I mean, I should say everyone else. Some schools will, will stop recruiting me. I want those schools to keep coming to my practices to see my teammates, you know, I want them to think they have a chance with me. Plus, you know, I'm still keeping the ear open. Coach, I'm like 95% that this is the only place I want to play, but I'd like to keep my options open. And the coach is like, okay, look, uh, if you tell us you're coming, that's good. You don't have to tell the media. You don't have to tell your friends. You don't have to tell anybody else. But you told us you're coming, so we'll stick with it. Now, uh, and sometimes uh, if you go public with it, the other schools know who to bash. So let's say uh, K.J. Bolden is looking at Auburn, uh, Ohio State, FSU, and Georgia. He commits to Georgia. Now, if you were at Auburn, you've been not negative recruiting the other three teams, but you've been promoting why Auburn is great. 
But now that you know he's committed to Georgia, all your fire can be at why Georgia's not a good fit for you. You don't want to come out and attack all three schools when he's visiting uh, Auburn University on an official visit or unofficial and say, here's why Ohio State sucks. Here's why FSU sucks. Here's why Georgia sucks. Here's why you know Auburn's the best. It's a negative uh, pitch. But if it's just if he's committed to one school, so maybe the Georgia coach is like, yeah, okay, you're committed to us. That's fine. You go on your visits. And we know you won't hear as a, a huge negative pitch if you're a silent commit. Sometimes again, it's sentimental it, too. It's in the air. Sometimes it's sentimental that maybe there's a particular date on the calendar that's super meaningful and right. you just want to make the announcement on that day to connect with someone in your family. I've seen that happen a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm announcing on my grandfather's birthday. I'm announcing on my mother's anniversary. I'm down, announcing on the uh, something tragic. You know, hey, uh, I lost a friend on this date, you know, and that friend was supporting me the whole time. So I'm going to make my announcement on that date. But a lot of times it's, hey, I like, you know, I'm at a small school. We don't get a lot of people come through here. Uh, I, I'd love, I'd, I got teammates that I want people to come see. And you will go to that school and you'll interview that kid. And you've been told that he's a silent commit. You're like, I heard your commit. He's like, don't tell anybody. Or, no, no, no. Have you seen our defensive tackle? You know, so some kids really pitch uh, their teammates very well. And I, I always appreciate those guys that do that. Uh, final, this is a trio of quick hitting questions from Monolithic Dog X. Roddy, how many valence electrons are there in boron? What? Okay. If you're traveling in a car at the speed of light, what happens when you turn the headlights on? Uh, nothing. And then uh, what rhymes with orange? Mm-hmm. Oranges. All right. Good show, everyone. Paul <laughs> Camp is here. I hate you, Mono. I really do. <laughs> all right, folks, that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, join us next Tuesday. Coach Donna will be back from uh, his uh, travels. And we will have had, let's see, maybe four, four practices. Um, we, Georgia will still be in the middle of fall camp. Um, they, they go the first two weeks. You know, they're kind of uh, stuck over at the uh, uh, Georgia Center. So, and they'll pretty much go every day. Some days heavier than others. But we will be able to talk about practice observations, and we will have uh, updates and stuff that we can talk about. So this is the last Talking About It podcast that we will have for a while. Uh, Coming uh, up next week, we will have reaction to Georgia's practices as they try to go for their three-peat. And remember, tonight at midnight, we start the $33 promo. If you're not a member of UJSports.com, you can become a member for an entire year for $33. That is 67% off the normal price. And uh, we've got some neat stuff coming out at ujsports.com that you need to see because you won't get it anywhere else. We'll see you next week, folks.